Blog Talk Radio. today. Good love. Is your relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, She's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save a Seminars, she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Whoa, everybody. Hello, hello. Get ready to get naked tonight. Oh, yes. We're going to take it all off. Our topic tonight is naked spirituality. Now, what are we talking about? Hi there. It's Dr. Brenda, your good love doctor. And we're going to open with this little quote from the poet Nikki Giovanni who said a lot of people refuse to do things because they don't want to go naked, don't want to go without a guarantee. But that's what's got to happen. You go naked until you die. All right, everyone, we're getting naked tonight. And just exactly what does that mean? Well, we've got two incredibly courageous guests Tonight, who are willing to bear it all. They're here to represent the masculine and feminine qualities we all possess and to talk about their journey. Yes, our first guest went from being in the U.S. military to being a spiritual warrior, and he went on a 30-day no-woman diet. No woman, no dating, no flirting, no sex, no hunting, and no hoping. Now that sounds very intense. He's going to tell us all about that in a minute. In the second hour, we're going to meet our second guest, who is the host of Let's Get Naked at the Unity FM radio program, where she facilitates a weekly conversation about skillful spiritual living. And today she's going to reveal the secrets and benefits of creating your very own powerful transparent life. Now remember this, this week and every week, the key to good love is knowing what you truly want and what you deserve. And we have a little motto, a little mantra for this program. And I invite you to take a breath right now and breathe it in and just repeat to yourself wherever you are out loud, if you can, or to yourself, I am worthy. I am 
deserving. And I love myself unconditionally. I am worthy. I am deserving. I love myself unconditionally because that is one of the prerequisites for good love. You've got to love you first. Now, I want you to meditate on this thought. Why is good love essential to your greatness? And, of course, we're going to work on identifying and destroying your old negative love patterns that might be blocking you from good love. And, of course, we want to break the chains of what happened then so you are free to experience the love that is right now. And, of course, you can join the conversation at 347 That's 347-989-0776. You can just push one on your handset when you want to join the conversation. And Cliff, who is our moderator, will take your questions. And the guests and I will be happy to talk with you about your comments or questions. All right, you can also Facebook us or Tweet us at Dr. Brenda Wade. And we already already have gotten a question in via Facebook. We'll come back to that. But let me introduce tonight's first guest. Here he is, the naked man himself, telling the whole truth, nothing but the truth, with everything bared. It's Brian Reeves. And Brian's journey has taken him from the disciplined, challenging life of being in the U.S. military service to living his current purpose as a powerful, inspirational speaker and blogger, somebody who gets right down to the nitty-gritty about life and relationships. He currently lights up the web with his very funny, insightful work, which appears on sites like The Daily Love, Elephant Journal, and more, including his own blog, Take this down. It's triple dub dot this wild waking journey dot com. All right, welcome Brian Reeves. Hello. Hi, Dr. Brenda Whitney. How are you? I'm fabulous and so much better because I am excited to be in this conversation with you tonight. Now, Brian, you oh, got our I'm, attention. I'm honored. Oh, yeah, thank you. Well, we got <laughs> we got very excited when we heard about your 30-day fast from women. Yeah, yeah tell yeah. us about the uh your let's see, let's no sex, no flirting, yeah. no dating, yeah. hunting or even hoping. Yes, we're just we're just, we're just going to go right for it, aren't we? Oh, oh yeah. I want to hear about go. that. We'll come back and find out more about your story, but I was like, "What?" <laughs> this this is naked naked spirituality. We're just going to take all our clothes off and just go right for it. I love it. So, um 30 days yeah, so, you know, it's, it, most people, when they hear that, 30 days with no women, they're thinking, oh, my God, you can't go 30 days without sex. Well, like, what's, you have a problem? What's wrong with you? I do that, try five years. Or, and the thing is, as you, I'm glad that you really pointed it out, it was not just about sex at all. Because what I realized is that I had been equating, you know, as a single man, uh, I had been equating this, this idea of no woman equals no worth. Mm. And 
And from that place, you know, I was interacting with a lot of women. I have a lot of female friends. I live in Los Angeles. There's a lot of amazing women out here. And, and, but what I had noticed is that I was doing so many things to get attention, get energy from women so that I could feel better about myself. And, and it just really dishonored everybody. I mean, it's not, I didn't do, I wasn't doing so-called bad things. But so it's you weren't a dog? Me. You weren't a D-O-G-G out there chasing those women, Brian? I, uh, you, a D-O-G-G, <laughs> maybe. Brian, you stumbled on that one. <laughs> Bless well, your heart, as my granny used to say. <laughs> well, All right, I, so not quite a D-O-G-G, but what made you say, I'm going to go on my no woman fast? What made you get to that point? I had just, I felt like I had just been, I, I just, I was exhausted and I felt ridiculous all the ways. I mean, everything from, you know, loitering a little bit longer in the produce section, hoping that some cute girl would, would, would notice me standing there, you know, I'd, I'd waste minutes in the, in the With grocery store. in your hands. <laughs> With weird vegetables in my hands that I didn't know what to do with anyway, um, I would hang out after yoga class a little bit longer, uh, and and even when I was dating somebody, I would I, I mean I, I meet amazing women out here, and I noticed that I couldn't really connect. There was something in me that felt like just kind of broken, just kind of I was like I was I wasn't really coming from a place of my fullness in relationships with women. I was coming from a place of of really of lack of of not feeling good about myself and and I was I was using women and not just sexually but just using their attention using their their affection their just a, just dying to be seen by a woman uh it so motivated me in so many ways I just felt ridiculous and exhausted and I just said you know what I have to break this pattern and the only way that I know how to do that is to just stop it stop just cut it off wow that's what I did that's what I did. I just took it on. You know, 30 days is not a – it doesn't seem like a long time, but you're so addicted, that type of, uh, of, of give me, give me, give me, give me, I need attention, I need uh, filling our salon. And we do that in all kinds of ways, right, with, with sure, with sex, but with TV, with shopping, with work, uh, whatever the case may be. When you're so addicted to that, trying to go through days, it felt like eternity. I mean, it scared me, the thought of it, honestly. And I actually, I actually didn't even make it seven days. I actually fell off the wagon on day seven, and I ended on top of this really sweet, beautiful woman. <laughs> you didn't have sex. You fell yeah. off the wagon and on top of a sweet, beautiful woman. Okay, yeah. Brian. This is, <laughs> thank you. So did you get it. off the woman been... and back on the wagon? I did. I did. And we did. No, I didn't have sex with her, but I, I, I crossed boundaries that I had set for myself, and I watched myself do it, and, I, and, and it was on day seven. And, yes, I reset the clock, and I said, okay, I mean, I'm going to do this. And I reset the clock, and, and then I, I, I went for it, and I did it. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, again, that first week was horrifying because all of a sudden, who am I? Who am I if I don't – If who am I? Where's my value? What is my worth as a man if no woman is going to – to help me feel that or to connect with that. And so it was a very kind of, it was a very awkward, scary uh, phase. And, and I'll tell you, there's three things that I learned 
there's a whole lot that I learned, but there's three specific things that I learned uh, on this journey. And the first one. Right, everybody, get out your pen and paper and write these down because I have a feeling this is going to be very powerful because anytime we break an addiction, Brian, we've opened a new door. So what did you learn? Well, first thing that I learned is that I am addicted to hope. And mm. it was the hope it was the hope I'm addicted to that hope that somebody, some woman will complete me. Right? I'm addicted it's that whole Jerry Maguire, you 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 had me get hello, you complete me kind of thing. Uh, mm. we we live in this cultural story that we find we're we're, we're incomplete until we find our, our perfect mate. Ah, interesting, we, interesting. So what did you discover? Are you feeling like you're more complete on your own since you did the fast? Yeah, yeah. Really breaking that pattern definitely helped me get my center back. And it actually, this brings me to my second, the second thing that I learned is, was, and, and still, it's the residue still there, but I was ashamed of my sexuality. Now, mind you, I am a heterosexual man attracted to women my age with normal body parts. So I'm about as I'm about as acceptable as it gets in terms of sexuality, and yet still I felt deep shame that I have sexual feelings, and. That really surprised me. That really kind of, I mean, I, I guess I'd always, that had always been there. But what I realized is that since I was a little boy, I was taught that feeling sexual feelings is not okay. It's dirty, right? It's something that you don't talk about. It's something, uh, our movies, all of our movies, we can show heads getting chopped off, but we can't show uh, a man's penis. Right? We can't show these body parts. I mean, I was told yep. again. Was, yep. And those messages in childhood, I'll bet most of our listeners can relate, absolutely relate yeah. to what you're saying, because I think we all got those messages. In fact, you're yeah. making me think of a little story that I have to tell. The first time I ever went on the Oprah Winfrey show, I got a call saying, you know, come to Chicago, there's a live show tomorrow, we need you, and I threw everything in the suitcase, and I called my mother, and I said, Mom, I'm going to the Oprah show tomorrow, please call all of our family members around the country and tell them, because they'll be mad at me if they find Mm. out I went and I didn't call, there's no time. My mother said to me, so exciting, she said, what's the topic? And I said, women who hate sex. And my mother oh. said, women who hate what? <laughs> wow. I said, wow. sex? There, there are seven of us, Mom, and um, we didn't come from her cabbage patch. And she didn't oh. call a single relative, Brian. So when you oh. say you got that message oh. that made you feel ashamed of your sexuality and your genitals and all of the sexual feelings that are hardwired everybody into our bodies, I think there are a lot of people who can relate to what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it was was really surprising for me to really see that and connect with the shame of it. And 
um, and a lot of my journey, even in just this last year, I, I, I mean, I'm certainly not a virgin. I've had probably statistically more than my fair share of, of sex in my life, but still that shame has been so present uh, in my experience. And yeah, it came from uh, being a little child and I got kind of two messages, you know, well, the, well, the main message was boys are dirty and they just want girls pants. And I took that to mean then, wow, well, I mean, I, I feel sexual feelings. I mean, at five years old, I wanted to kiss girls already. And I realized I made, I made a decision very young. And because I'm someone I want to be liked by people, I have that classic people pleaser syndrome. I'm working on that too. But um, I, <laughs> I made a decision early Break. on that, you know what, if, if having sexual feelings is bad, then I'm going to pretend I don't have them. Mm. And I am not. I'm going to do everything I can to not let a woman know that I'm sexually attracted to her. Because if she knows, shame on me. Shame on so, you. And wow, I think a lot of women feel both attracted and offended. But maybe we'll hear from some of our women listeners tonight about how they feel when they find out a man is sexually attracted to them. So, Brian, I'm going to read something else from your blog because this really blew me away. You wrote, this is 2014, officially my year of mastery. For the last 20 years, I've been a man who did not know where to find his balls. I did not even know they were missing. I have repeatedly chosen strong feminine women and as ignorant, who are as ignorant as I, who subconsciously knew where to find my missing balls and then beat them, kick them, stop on, stab at them without mercy yeah. or apology, but only to help me find them too. Ouch. Ryan, talk about it. <laughs> Women stomping on your balls? What? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you, you know that, that's, um, since, since I wrote that and since I, I kind of woke up to how that phenomenon had played out in my life, I, I realized, um, boy, this is such a rich subject, but um, what I basically realized is, you know, I, I'd have some some pretty, pretty 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 passionate, chaotic, painful relationships, and you know, there's this whole cliche idea of why men love bitches right? and why 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 <laughs> That's a women love. Book, Brian. <laughs> Isn't that a best-selling book, Brian? Isn't that a best-selling book? Yeah. Yes, it is. Why men love bitches? <laughs> well, I don't. It's not that men love bitches. It's that. Boys who don't know where their man balls are need women to act like bitches so that we can grow up. Ah, so, so you're saying men need to grow up. Woo! I'm, I think that's right. Boys need, it's like a, you know, we, we, we have no rituals in our culture anymore that really graduate us into manhood in a, in a conscious Thoughtful way. We have these okay, pseudo rituals. Speaking of men growing up, mm-hmm. I have a question here from a man via Facebook. He says, right. Being a friend with this girl for over two years, how do I admit my feelings for her without potentially ruining our friendship? Is that, well, 
Jesus, you know, you, you, you just admit them. I mean, if you're asking me, my thought is, first off, I mean, when I'm in conversation with a woman, when I start to feel that stuff, I mm-hmm. share it pretty quick. Like, I got to get this out. I'm very expressive that way. And I think uh, you, you always take the risk that the relationship is going to shift, but that's what relationships do anyway. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I can't have a dialogue with this man because uh, it's just a question from Facebook, so I'm just kind of speaking. Um, but my, jeez, man, just say it already. Say it already. Just share it, but, but confess it in a, but don't be attached to the outcome. You know, there's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite quotes that has really been a guiding force for me as I've been healing with my own sexuality, that shame around that, is what Byron Katie said. Just because a man has an erection doesn't mean we need to do anything with it. <laughs> I love that quote. All right, so and you're saying take a step back. Sexual attraction, erection doesn't necessarily mean you have to do anything. You feel feelings and take a step back. Now, you said you've been on a journey of mastery, of growing up as a man. Back up and tell us a little bit about that young man who left the military in 2001 and um, fell in love in France. I know all about it, Brian. Tell us. Tell us more. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. I would say um, when I was in the military, I was very disconnected from my body, and this also speaks to our cultural, uh, our immaturity. You know, we're, we're very dominated. This whole planet, we're dominated by a very immature masculine energy uh and you know our planet is run by boys run by tyrants and cowards and losing <laughs> boys they're, they're doing the best oh i love what you're saying our planet is run by little boys who are tyrants and they're all kicking sand in their faces and everybody else's face aren't they and yeah, we don't have to name names we know who we mean <laughs> <laughs> we know who we mean and top of that they're repressing the feminine expression on this planet. They've been, the, they've been denying their own internal feminine qualities. And, now, and, what does that mean, do. internal feminine qualities, feminine expression? Describe that to us, would you? Sure. What I mean is, for example, in this country, uh, in our culture, uh, whenever a little boy is going to have, feel an emotion, Right when when we feel emotions, we say and, and, and we say boys don't cry, right? We even say we even have this thing like don't act like a man boy, right? If you don't mm. man up, like there's all of this sort of don't feel your feelings. If you feel your feelings, you're less of a man, right? right. And so we slowly uh, and, and very but very quickly and forcefully we teach little boys how not to feel their feelings. And obviously, girls are getting the same type of uh, the, 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 the sort of feminine flow in the body, the emotional being, the emotional expression is not welcome. It's not appropriate. It's not helpful. It's not going to build or win wars. So don't feel it or win football games or make you love me. So it has no place. And so I grew up in that, and then I went into the military, which just further reinforced that and just drove me even further out of my heart. And into yes, yes. Right? Yes, because so that's part I, of the training for survival. Don't feel. Just do. Don't feel. 
just do. I mean, if you're going to kill people, it's helpful to not feel anything about that. So right. this, is what the mili- this is what the military And now how did you come back to civilian life and fall in love in France? I'm not going to let you off the hook on that one. With all I, this shutdown yeah. emotion. Well, that's, that's you know, I, that is what, when I say, you know, that this is the reason men love bitches. Because I didn't, or boys love bitches, because I was, um, I felt nothing in my body. I was so in my head, and I, I married a woman in France who intellectually, I, she, she was everything that my ego, my intellect, my mind wanted. We, we didn't even get each other's jokes, though. We were so wrong for each other. She was an amazing woman. We were so wrong for each other. But life put us together. I drew her in because she was the perfect woman to begin kicking my ass and, as I said earlier, or stomping on my balls so that I could learn where to find them and I could grow up. And finally, that was just the beginning of my process. So, I mean, you say fall in love. I, 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 I mean, I, I really don't use that language to describe that experience because I was so in my head. My heart was not in mm. So, Brian, time. I'm going to really dig in here because what you just said struck me. And for all of our listeners, what you just said is your marriage was to an amazing woman. You were wrong yeah. for one another, but at the same time, this served you. At such a high level, you started your journey of growing up and becoming a man as a result of this marriage. That is powerful. You know, I'm highlighting it because, you know, I see couples every day and in all our workshops and seminars, and people say things like, that person is wrong for me. I need to get rid of them. And if they do, they go out and choose the same kind of person again because they don't say what you just said which is so powerful which is what did I learn what did I learn or how can I learn from this experience or from this person good for you all right now you were going to tell us I'm going to bring you back you're going to tell us the three things you learned from fasting your no woman fast no woman no cry tell us the rest <laughs> so the, the first one, I'm addicted to hope. I was addicted to hope. The second one, I hope this will complete me. The second one was um, shame. I have so much shame around just being a, a sexual being. And the third one was that I am lonely. I realized that all of this, all of this behavior that I was exhibiting was the desire for a deep, a deep, authentic connection, and specifically with a woman that really comes from an authentic desire to express all of this beautiful energy that exists in my body, this masculine, this strong, healthy, mature masculine energy that, that, that honors and, and worships and wants to support and dance with femiji. Yeah, and, and that's how it came to... This is your latest blog, and boy, is it making waves. And I think this is what you're expressing right now. It's called A Man's Evolution in Intimacy with Women. All right, everybody, listen up, because I think this is something every woman longs to hear. Brian wrote, I used to just want a woman's sexy body. 
Later, I wanted her intelligent mind too. Now, as the mature masculine man in me awakens, there's something far more precious than her body or even her mind that I covet. It's her devotional heart. Now, what do you mean when you say devotional heart? It's just such a beautiful expression. Her devotional heart. I'm still learning what that means. I, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm, this, that's a very humbling expression for me. And I actually, uh, I'm a big, anyone who's familiar with this, this conversation, they're, they're going to be familiar with it, a, a writer named David Giga. And uh, his writing really woke me up to this world of masculine feminine dynamics and 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 how men and women we really are different from each other and not just men and women it's not that men and women are different it's that masculine and feminine energies are different they express themselves yes. they want they want different things and from from one another they they move through the world differently it's the duality that we live in right light dark uh, open mm-hmm. closed mm-hmm. on off. So if you were going to give some advice to our listeners, what's the most important thing you've learned about those masculine-feminine energy differences that would be helpful to our listeners? Yes. yes. Uh, So this is something that I I realized. Um, Men, we are pretty much taught that women are intellectually broken versions of us or defective and women it seems are taught that men are emotionally defective versions of women so men we come at women thinking that women why don't they think like us they're crazy why are they so illogical they can't focus on anything right we go into these dynamics with women sort of frustrated that they don't think like we do right exactly and then with women Women are right. going why, in why thinking, don't why like don't that? they grow up? So what do we do about that, that, Brian? What's you your know, advice my on whole, that? <laughs> my whole work, I actually just started a podcast with a, a woman friend of mine. Uh, this podcast is called Stripping Nancy. Stripping Nancy. Stripping Nancy. There you go. <laughs> StrippingNancy.com. Talk about getting naked. StrippingNancy.com. And it's, all the, it's an exploration into this exact conversation because I think – Really, there's, if there's just one nugget, it's that, it's that we, just, we really need to acknowledge and appreciate each other's differences. Stop expecting each other to, to, to be carbon copies. We don't want that anyway, and we know that on an intuitive level. Yeah, you'd be bored if you were somebody just like you. That's right. We don't exactly. So stripping we, Nancy, let me tell everybody about that. I know that that is a podcast, and we all would love to tune in, and that's with Nitai Alex. Is that right? Yeah. How do you say your your uh, co-host Alex, name? Nitai Alexevitz is actually her full name. Okay, Nita Alexevitz. All right. So it's stripping Nancy. And I know that it is just like you, courageous and a bit irreverent, and we're all down for that. And you're affiliated also with another organization founded by Jim Carrey, Eckhart Tolle, and John Ravitz. Tell us about that. Yes. That's Uh, Gates. Gates. Mm -hmm. 
Yesgate, the Global Alliance of Transformational Entertainment. And that's a very exciting project that uh, was started back in 2009, and I've been on the executive board since 2011. And it's an exciting organization that really came together, that fusion of, of Jim Carrey, popular entertainment, one of the most popular comedians, actors in the world. Right, yes. And, 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 and what is the purpose of the Global Alliance? Well, the purpose is to make hands in mainstream entertainment for entertainment, popular entertainment that, uh, that, that moves humanity forward. And, and gets back to, to really the old, the reason that we used to tell stories was so that we could pass on the wisdom of ages oh, from generation yes. to the next. Yes. Right? We, our storytelling, our popular storytelling, doesn't do that for the most part. It, it sort of meets us in our darkest spaces, and it doesn't really help us resolve them so much as just it indulges us in that. And, and, and really it all exists for the purpose of making money. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I love the idea of gate. You know, you are up to some of the most interesting things, and I love our conversation tonight. I wish we had more time. Everybody, send out a wave of love and gratefulness to our fabulous guest, Brian Reeves. And Brian, you just have to come back and tell us some more. What a fantastic thing to explore masculine and feminine differences growing up as a wise masculine man and being part of gate all of it sounds incredible so thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of all of our listeners thank you for getting naked with us brian now everybody you can get in touch with brian find out more about what he's doing what he's up to he's got some cool stuff for you go to triple w that's www.thiswildwakingjourney.com. Thiswildwakingjourney.com. How cool is that? All right. Thank you, Brian. And we thank will so much. get to hear more from you again soon. Okay. I Have a wonderful you. night. Blessings. Thank, All thank, right. thank, thank you. And we can get naked anytime. Ah, oh, what a great invitation. There you go. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Okay, everyone, that was too much fun, and our next guest is getting naked too, so hang tight. You might have to take your clothes off right about now. Our next guest is Heidi Alfrey, and she recognized the importance of living naked in 1983 when she woke up in a jail cell after her third arrest for drinking and driving. On that very day, Heidi Alfrey stopped lying to herself and realized the damage that her addiction had done to her sense of being an authentic person, her self-worth, the people around her, and she broke through with the loving support of two powerful spiritual communities, and she's here to tell us what she learned about living naked. Welcome, Heidi Alfrey. Hello, Heidi. Well, hello. Woohoo, Dr. Brenda. What oh, a great show. Thank you, and I am so excited to talk to you because Brian certainly set the stage. A naked man, now we have a naked woman. This can work out. 
Now yes, tell us about yes. your journey. You woke up in a jail cell. Yes, yes, and this is what I love about the word naked is that we just cloak and disguise and mask ourselves. We all know that word denial. And and that's a deep is, river in Egypt, yes. There you go, that's right. And I was, uh, gosh, Cleopatra there in, in, in Egypt doing that <laughs> denial story. But uh, the, exactly what you two have been talking about, this, um, this, the freedom that's right on the other side of denial. And I had become so comfortable in the cloak of drinking alcohol to solve all of my problems. It was, I, that seemed to be the culture around me, and I couldn't even imagine how to live without drinking. It, it, I didn't know anybody that didn't drink. I couldn't imagine not drinking alcohol. So, so how scary it is when we think of the word naked. I use it a lot now, and I tell you, it is, it is a very interesting word to use because it means so many different things in people's minds, but but certainly uh, recovering and getting honest about an addiction was the first of the stripping off the story of not being good enough, of fear, doubt, and worry, as I say, and allowing that imprisoned splendor to burst forth that's within mm. all of us. Hmm. So one of the things you've discovered is that by breaking free of your addiction, what was hidden inside you, and you call it splendor, what a beautiful word, splendor bursts forth. I have this image of like the sun coming out when you said that. That is so beautiful. So now you had some help getting out of that jail cell and getting out of that river, Cleopatra, and getting to the place where the splendor could burst forth. How did you do that? Because that is quite a challenge. It is quite a challenge and a slippery slope for people who want to climb out. Well, Brenda, thank you, yes. And what I know to be true is that we don't do this life alone. You know, you and I are having this conversation, which is actually making this conversation happen. And so I found community, and I found a spiritual community, and I'm so glad we're calling this Naked Spirituality, and I found the community of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that led me to the community of Unity, which is a, you know, a spiritual program that really teaches that God, the life force, is within all of us and in all living things. And, and it reminded me that I was a part of rather than apart from. And the alcoholism and addiction, but, but I see today that our addiction can be I'm not good enough, you know, Brian's story of I'm, you know, a, the sexual predator or whatever his deal was. And, you know, this idea that we've got these stories that really keep us imprisoned from the freedom of living our lives. Mm, and, and I will yes. tell you, as I kept on with this on this, you know, I will say that this is what was interesting to me is that the jail cell didn't, didn't help me get sober. It was through people that I always say loved me until I could love myself. Right, 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 exactly. So you had both a spiritual community in AA because it is a spiritually based program. And by the way, for people who don't know this, you know, I'm a, I'm a little research factoid person over here. Uh, there have been so many studies published in the Journal of American Medicine and JAMA and other research findings that have proven AA to still be the best long-term solution for people who want to be free of addiction. And there are many other programs dealing with all the different addictions, everything from 
uh, Gamblers Anonymous, Shopper and Debtor Anonymous, uh, you name it, people addicted to other people's addictions like CODA, Codependence Anonymous, Al-Anon. And I'm a big believer that community makes a difference, but what all the research finds that is so interesting to me, and you probably already know this, my dear, is that it's the spiritual component in those programs, according to the researchers. One big, huge study, at the end of it, the researchers said we're embarrassed to have to say that we discovered that all other things being equal, the only thing that seems to be different about AA is this spiritual commute, this spiritual component, and it makes a difference, Heidi. It, it does, it does. And Brenda, what I really believe is that spirituality is who we are. It, it is everything. If you go out and see the magnificence of a tree, or play with your animal, or play with young children, or even just notice how wonderful it is to breathe. I mean, it's it's just such a spiritual That's experience. That's a cue, everybody. Being Take alive. a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of groovy to be breathing. You know? <laughs> so, yes, it you know, is. That, now, on yeah. your journey of getting naked and doing that through connecting with spirituality, what were the steps along the way? Because some of our listeners have friends and family members struggling with addiction. Some are perhaps challenged with this themselves. What did you discover? What were the things that really helped you to move forward? And, of course, because a lot of our show is about love, I want to know about love, too. I'm going to ask a little bit about love. love. Well, love really, truly is is an inside job. It is is very much, you know, what Brian's talking about at the beginning of your show is that this good love and love is, is, is truly starts with knowing the, the value of who you are and then living as an example. I mean, I know many of our listeners have gone out to try to change people, and I always want to say, you know, how's that working? Because you know, you know, what I know today is that really loving myself and then being able to love someone is to have this compassion that, that we are all together. We all have our our weaknesses and our strengths and what they're across with to bear, but we want to really let these things, as, as we're able to see, as we say, you know, the log in my eye rather than the speck in your eye, that I'm able to then have this open heart. And, and that's the way I've been able to teach. I ended up becoming a therapist and now a minister. And, and it was really through this um, authentic journey of, of learning to um, accept and celebrate who I am as a spiritual being on this planet. And so if people are struggling with family members that are in addiction, they really have to get their own help. You know, it's to thine own self be true, and we really need to get our own help. There's, you know, another program called Al-Anon that helps uh, people that are dealing with um, relatives or friends that are addicts. And the idea of Al-Anon is how do we – how do we mind our own business in the sense of how do we put on our own oxygen mask first, as the flight attendants say, before we try to help other people? Yeah, that's so. really important because one of the principles of, quote, helping somebody else is that often what we think is the best help gets in the way. It gets in the way. And this is not to criticize anybody who wants to help, but you might check that 
at Al-Anon, there's CODA, there's a program called SMART that also has help there. If you find yourself not embracing the spiritual component, we are all about people finding the path that works for them. And myself, being a huge, huge, huge believer in doing something rather than nothing, just keep yeah. moving. If you're the person who is not sure you can live without alcohol, drugs, gambling, shopping, overeating, sugar, whatever it is, just take a step in the right direction. And that's the beginning of the journey. And Heidi, what would you say for you was the most meaningful step? I know program was part of it. What else was part of your journey of getting naked and facing your true self? Two things... Truly, I started practicing meditation, and it was interesting that uh, Brian went 30 days without going out with any women. I I did a 30-day silent retreat, and that was really a hoot. I mean, I worked up to it with, you know, starting to meditate over many years. But the idea of, of being able to stop all of my interaction, to be able to really sit with myself, to, to, to have this time where I was able to reflect on every drama in my life was a way I was perceiving it. You know, people are going about their business, doing what they do in their lives, and it's my perception of it, and it's my internal reaction to it that causes me my, my pain and my drama. And then I really learned how to communicate, what I call conscious communication. Now, and how does that to people? Well, as you're saying, when you care about people, if someone's struggling, it is, it, it is, and they may be very close to your life. You can always say to people, "I care about you. I'm concerned about you. I, and I also know that I can't fix your problem, but I do want you to know I care about you, and I would love to see you, whatever it is, off or off alcohol or or not, you know, working yourself to death. And I'd love to see that. And I, I'm just holding that for you, but I'm not going to change that for you because I know that's yours to do, but I still really care about you. And the idea of being able to be honest, to be clear about using I statements, and to be able to say what it is that you're feeling without any intention of someone really needing to change at all. Well, that's that's another form of being naked, isn't it? To be able to speak your truth. And that, again, both of our wonderful guests tonight are saying part of being naked is looking at yourself. Part of it is being able to express your authenticity. And by the way, everybody, I want you to notice how skillfully Heidi expressed that. She took out that word that is the big trigger. She took out the you are doing it or your fault or why don't you. She simply said I. I'm concerned I, about I you. I'm it, concerned without blaming. Oh, and nice I care. Lady. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really, I care because that's, the, and when I will say when I was in that jail cell, all of the voices of all the people that had cared about me that said, Heidi, I am just think you're wonderful, but when you drink, you turn into a crazy person. And, uh, you know, and on and on. And I just, all those voices came back to me. So, it's never without merit to tell someone you care about them. And, 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 and that's what happened. You know, that's how Betty Ford got sober. Her friends and family said, hey, Betty, we need to talk to you. We love you, and 
We're concerned because when we have lunch, you don't remember if you ate the lunch or not. Because she was getting quietly toasted while living in the White House. So one of the things, Heidi, I know about you is that you have a platform. You are a unity minister now. So from a jail cell to being a unity minister, you've got a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. And you're Mm -hmm. the founder of the Transparent Living Ministries. Does that mean we all show up for church in transparent clothing? (laughs) Well, I just took the position of Senior Minister at Unity in Chicago. You were just talking about Chicago. So I just started, in fact, this weekend. And I finally have felt courageous enough to say the name of my radio program right out loud. Because we're sort of sneaking up on our authenticity. I I lived in Maui for five years, and I had a friend that wanted me to go to the nude beach with her. And I just was saying, no, I'm not going to do this. And she said, well, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, I don't know. So, you know, the, the, I, so I use this word naked as a metaphor because going out there to a nude beach, and it's completely legal, you know, there's nothing wrong, and, and you know, I'm not even, there was no one even there when we were there. But the idea of being willing to... You know, again, as a metaphor, strip off these stories of something's wrong with me or, or something's broken or I can't do life. And, and then to be able to stand out there, Brenda, it was so interesting to, to feel the wind and the sun and, and this ocean and this life, this nature that I'm one with. And, and as I allowed my mind to stop telling me how something was wrong with me and something, you know, the world is all messed up, I started just to feel that sense of all is well and hmm. it's okay and nothing's wrong because my question to everyone, I just love to throw it out there, was anyone out there not born naked? <laughs> because, because, you know, we were born in that sense of, we can call it the Garden of Eden or whatever, but this sense of everything's okay. And then yeah, through our families yeah. or our religions or our cultures or our school systems. And that is still the favorite thing if you look at little kids. I was walking yes. down the street a couple of weeks ago, and there was a little baby walking along the promenade at the beach with nothing on and having the best time. And I said to the parents, good for you. Let her have this experience because she was so comfortable in her little naked body, you know, probably about a year and a half old and just yes. learning to walk and having a ball. So your one of your quotes that I really liked was, the naked truth is better than a well-dressed lie. Yes, it, it's, it's so true. Because I use this for a metaphor now, Brenda, is that, that this, this story of I am okay, I've always been okay. In fact, there will never be another you. You know, they say be you because everybody else is taken. So, so the idea that for any reason we wouldn't feel comfortable in talking to people about how we feel and what we're dreaming about and what's our passion, that's the, that's the blasphemy if there is such a thing. And so we really, um, yeah, so the idea of really learning how to live like that, we just practice it. You know, we practice it day by day, you know, and every encounter I really like to practice. Am I willing to be myself here? Am I willing to be myself even if I feel like this sounds stupid or certainly in a church environment to be able to say, and this is a spiritual community as much as it is a church, to be able to say, uh, let's get naked. And what I mean by that, because when I start my workshop, I'll say, so naked, what does that mean to you guys? What does that word mean? And people will then say, 
authentic or vulnerable or raw or real. Mm. And it's like, yes. And, and I just have to throw something else at When we look at our statues and our art and we have these beautiful bodies and, and, and we call it art and then we talk about our own bodies and we may not have beautiful things to say about the masterpiece of our own body. So Wow. So now, I know the is just yes. so fabulous. You have an online radio show called Let's Get Naked. What inspired you to do that? Here you are, you're a minister. Well, (laughs) yes, thank you. And it it was just, I mean, of course, I'm hearing Brian talk. I'm like, well, darn, I'm not talking about genitals. I can do anything now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Brian raised the bar for all of us. I love it. Good job. (laughs) I was proud of him. But um, but the uh, but so the idea. Oh, by the way, pause for ten seconds. Pause for ten seconds. If you want to join the conversation and get naked here with Heidi Alfrey, you can call us. I forgot to tell you that I got so caught up in the conversation. It's three four seven nine eighty nine zero seven seventy five. Excuse me, that's zero seven seventy six. Just push one on your phone, the number one on your handset. You can join the conversation. Hit us back on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Dr. Brenda Wade. We would love to hear from you. And we do have a question, Heidi. We've got someone here who is struggling with her husband. She says, I know he has a problem with alcohol, but he says he doesn't. What should I do? Mm Well, number one, take a deep breath and, and congratulate yourself for reaching out and, and asking a question because that, that's huge. Um, I, we know that everything is in this very strange, sometimes divine order, and relationships are absolutely perfectly matched, that no one puts a gun to anybody's head to be in a relationship. So, so it's always perfect from the standpoint of what she's going to learn. And so... Her question to herself is, why am I here in, in this relationship? What, what is it that I enjoy about this man? Because you really want to focus on what you enjoy if you're going to be there. And then the second thing is that you would really want to educate yourself about the disease of alcoholism, both sides of it, alcoholism and, and the codependent part, which is the Al-Anon part. So you can get out of the sense of the struggle and the fight and get into the understanding of the dynamic of why you are there and, and what is happening in a relationship. And, and then it can help you get out of somebody's right and somebody's wrong, and, and it could also just bring, bring you, who, whatever her name is, the, the piece that um, people Yeah, she didn't give bad. us the name. She's anonymous here. Well, no problem. But, but that, then we get out of the idea that... Um, Again, somebody's wrong, wrong and somebody's right, or somebody's bad rather than somebody's ill. And, and so yeah. we get to yeah. really look at what is, what is illness when it comes to addiction. And so my, my very short um, suggestion would be to look into what alcoholism is and, and look at the side of Al-Anon and, and then look at, we always have to look at our own family systems and how perhaps she was set up to be in a situation where she is worrying about somebody rather than looking at getting well herself. Ooh, that's very useful advice because so often, of course, we choose people that fit those patterns. 
That's Big one time. of the things that is important for us with our show is that people, all of us, recognize that we have negative love patterns that yeah. we learned in our families, whether it's how your parents treated each other, the fact that a parent was missing, a parent was an addict, a parent, you know, abused you, a parent was too nice to you, a parent made you your friend, their friend instead of parenting. We take that stuff forward because our little brains are just like a miniature recording device. So you make a great point there, Heidi. Now, what are the three biggest tools that you would use to help couples to, uh, I would say, bear their souls and open their hearts. And I have to tell you, we have three minutes. Can you give us a okay, total minute? I can, I can. I think, first of all, we have to know that uh, people come together, as you said earlier with Brian, that you, you, it's all fun at the beginning, but then you come together to really heal the wounds that need to be healed. You get, become partners in healing. And so we want to say the idea, if I'm having conflict, what is it I want to heal? What, what it within me wants to heal so I can see this person through the eyes of love? Number one. Number two, we want, really want to learn to communicate in a way that perhaps our families did not, how to learn, use I statements, how to speak about our own feelings and how to not blame. And thirdly, we've got to really be willing to shift change because we will evolve this life is about evolving your hair is growing your nails are growing and you as a soul are evolving so well, we need to, to get active about being clear we're here to evolve everybody you are hearing from the brilliant the courageous reverend heidi alfrey and she's got a radio show online called let's get naked it's live mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time at www.unityonlineradio.org. Heidi, thank you so much. What an inspiring journey. What inspiring advice. And all right, everybody, we're going to have to get naked some more here. Thanks, Heidi. Have a great evening. My thank you to our listening audience. Thank you to those who sent their Facebook questions. If you didn't get your question answered or if you have one, send it in anyway. I'll field it or send it on to Heidi or Brian for you. And... I want to thank our producer, the brilliant Mr. Legrand Green, our moderator, Cliff Dunning, our announcer, who is Ed McLoon. Everybody, stay with us. We'll be back with you next week. If you want to listen to the show again or if you missed part of it, go to blogtalkradio.com, put in Dr. Brenda Wade. Good love, and you can get some more great, inspiring advice on how to live your best love now. Stay in touch with me via Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, Dr. Brenda Wade. And you can find out about our workshops, seminars, and books on love on drbrendawade.com. It is my pleasure to be with you. Sending you love and blessings, everyone. Good night.